Dead or alive, you are coming with me. I'm sitting on a Don't make me smack you, sweetheart. I'll do it. I'm your host, and we're talking about Solo. Han Solo has his own movie. Just watched it. I mean, I just got out of this thing. I'm going to attempt to sit down here and do a first reaction, kind of a first reaction review, right on the spot while it's fresh in my mind. No notes, no guest, just me, Solo, doing Solo. Look, here's the deal. I wasn't really uh, on pins and needles waiting for this thing to come out. I don't even care about all the hoopla and all the craziness behind the, you know, how this movie even got to be made, about the directors getting fired, and then the reshoots, and Ron Howard coming on board, and then the rumors about Aldrin Emmerich, or whatever the fuck his name is, and like not being able to act, you know, I don't fucking give a shit, I was, I mean, I, I heard all the stuff, you know, but I'm not one of those guys that just kind of, I don't know, I heard that the studio exec in, in Suck-A-Dick USA says this isn't gonna be any good, you know, I don't know, I don't really put a lot of stock into that kind of stuff, I like to go to a movie, it's suspense of disbelief. I like to turn my brain off. You know, I like to just kind of put my mind into it and just kind of go from there. I'm sitting in a parking lot right now talking to myself. So some people are walking by going, what the fuck is going on with this guy? I'll tell you what's going on with me. I just watched Solo and I fucking loved it. And I fucking loved Han Solo. I mean, when you ask me, hey, did you like it? Did you like it? I fucking, I fucking, I fucking love. Han Solo. If, if maybe you're asking, uh, Nick, uh, what do you what do you think of the new Solo movie? I know you weren't really looking forward to it. Well, I, I, uh, I fucking loved it. I loved it. You know, what else can I say? You know, the cast is great. The story is great. A little bit of spoilers here. We get a young Han Solo story. <laughs> you know what I mean? We get to find out how he becomes Han Solo. How he even gets the name Solo. Uh, we meet new characters. Kiera, played wonderfully by Amelia Clark, who I love you on Game of Thrones. I haven't seen her on anything else. Wait, I lied. I did see in Terminator Genesis, and I didn't really care too much for it. You were fine. The movie was okay, first half, but that's another story for another time. Uh, Woody Harrelson is great as Benedict, you know? He's the would-be mentor of Han Solo, but guess what, kids? There's a surprise. There's twists and turnsies. Uh, we even got Paul Bettany as the fucking villain in this, Okay. Now, you don't see him that much, but guess what? Paul Bettany's such a great fucking actor, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter that he's not even in it that much. You see him in the very beginning, kind of. You see him towards the end. And that's all you need, folks. You know? So what is this movie about? A young Han Solo is on the planet Carissian. <laughs> and people are going to be emailing in because I'm going to be butchering some names. With a, with a young Kiera, played by Amelia Clark again. Just scrappers on the mean streets of a lawless society. While crime syndicates run the interplanetary system. We get snippets of an empire, but it's only kind of in the background at this stage. You know, it's not really uh, world domination yet, at, at least. It's like it's kind of on the, on the rise, so to speak. Han Solo crafts a plan to escape his, his, his peril on that planet along with Kiera. And they narrowly escape the clutches of Lady Paradox or Paladox. <laughs> Again, butchering. Don't give a fuck. Just a movie. It's just fiction. Uh, then they get out, but they don't get out in time. They slip past the Empire, but only he gets out. Cut three years later, and Han Solo's a recruit to the fucking Empire. Just an infantryman, but fighting on the front lines of who gives a fuck on a mud planet where he meets Benedict. Oh, shit, this guy Benedict, he's kind of a badass. He does a little twirly-twirlsy with little laser guns. He's got a little crew with him. Han Solo joins his ragtag crew after being captured as being a quote-unquote deserter where he meets none other than Chewie Chewbacca the Wookiee. He speaks a little bit of Wookiee, and thank God that he speaks a little bit of Wookiee. If it wasn't for that, I'm pretty sure Chewbacca would have killed him. There was definitely a dead guy in that cell. Chewbacca meant business. But they bond, they get out, they join the ragtag crew, and hilarity ensues. So I guess Benedict's kind of like a, a smuggler, you know? He's working for somebody. He's got a crew that includes Sandy Newton and a weird, like, monkey guy with, like, fucking eight arms. Some sad shit happens. Their fucking heist, their train heist goes south. Not everybody makes it. And guess what, kids? We only know these characters for a little bit. But this movie's crafted so well that I got a little welled up. Especially when Thandie Newton, and God forbid I can't remember her name, Val, I think, she dies. You know? It's been a hell of a ride, mate. One hell of a ride. I don't, that's probably not what she sounded like at all. But, you know, I'll never forget Thandie Newton from Crash, you know? She was so just... Ugh. You know, when that cop's frisking her and he's, like, being inappropriate and, and, and Terrence Howard's just kind of taking it. That's a that's a bleak movie. I don't even know why I own it. I own that movie, and it's so goddamn bleak. It just makes you want to, ugh. You know? Anyhow, the heist went south. People died. Benedict reveals he's working for the Crimson Dawn and that there's a price on his head and he's always been running. He's always been on the run. Hans says, I'll go with you. He's like, no, you don't have to do that. If they know you, they know you. It'll just be me. So there, there is some charisma there. There's some goodness in there in Benedict. You know, you, you kind of like him, but you don't really know too much about him. You trust him just because Han trusts him. You know, Han's just young and just, just trusts anybody. He's just trying to get back to his, his home planet because he said he was going to come back for Kiera. You know, it's this whole thing. It's the whole quest. Kiera with a Q, by the way. Let's not get it twisted. There's no ethnicity in there. It's just, it's just Q. Hmm? All of that to get to, oh God, what is his name? Paul Bettany. He had a great name. Dryden, I think. All that to get back to Dryden on his interplanetary yacht. It's a fucking giant spaceship. Pretty, pretty suave. It's pretty suave. It's got its own little space bar with a little uh, space lounge, you know. Holy shit, and that's where he runs into Kiera. And where's she been? You know, where's she been? She's been hiding out with fucking Dryden Voss. That's his name, Dryden Voss. Oh my god. So that obviously, you know, Dryden's a little upset. Now, Paul Bettany does such a convincing job with this villain because 
He's a gangster. I mean, he's just a gangster. I mean, he might as well be like a Jabba, but he's not as disgusting, but he is. I mean, he's got these weird scars on his face, you know. You know how I got these scars? She can't stand the sight of me. Uh, whoops. We don't even care. We just see him kill some kind of ambassador. And he's like, hey, drinks in the house. How's it going? Listen, if you fail me again, I'm going to kill you. They sit down. They come up with another plan to smuggle this coaxium, cajuxium, for all intents and purposes, the MacGuffin in this might as well be called ejaculate. Human ejaculate. Because I don't even remember. Coaxalum? Coaxalum? Coaxalum. Doesn't matter. Never has mattered. The point is, they're short on the deal, so they got to make up for it. But the whole exchange back and forth with Kier turning out to be uh, Dryden's, you know, lieutenant, like main second lieutenant, and she's got, she's been branded, like she's his property. Hint, hint, that's probably how she got off the planet, you know? God knows what else she had to do to get off that planet. She keeps hinting in it throughout the movie, by the way, like, I've done things, I've done things. Of course, my mind goes to horrific, perverted things, but, but it's clear that she's done things like murdered people, you know? She has to go with them on their quest to make up for it. And Dryden says, if you fail me again, you're out of options, motherfuckers. And off they go. And they have to get a pilot. And who else better than a fucking young Lando? Played by Donald Glover. Now look, when the casting came out on all this, I was like, oh, Donald Glover. I like Donald Glover. He's great. But Donald Glover can also be very Donald Glover. And I'm like, I'm not one of those guys that get spun up on these characters here. Because, again, I wasn't even really... I wasn't on pins and needles about this. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to see Solo. I'm still warped from Infinity War. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But, man, he fucking crushed it. If this Aldrich Emmerich fucking... Hang on a second. Let's get this right. For the sake of the podcast. Alden Aaron... Aramica Aldrin Aaron Aaronrick? Sure, we'll go with it. Uh, if we're okay with him, then we're then, then we're definitely gonna be okay with Donald Glover. Not only did he embody Billy D motherfucking Williams, he embodied he encapsulated he lived Lando Calrissian. When they confront him and he's playing fucking Salrock or Sal Salmok. Look, again, kids, we're gonna be alright. This this fucking card game and we're seeing all these fucking crazy aliens. Their their banter, their their exchange, their that whole scene. It might be my favorite scene in the movie, or one of. Uh it's just great. It just lives and breathes Star Wars. By the way, this whole movie breathes Star Wars. Not only just for the Easter eggs, but just the tone, the fun. You can take your kids to this. By God. I mean, look, I loved Rogue One. But it's a sad movie, and it's kind of dark, you know? And Last Jedi, yeah, it's good. But I don't know if I would really take my kids to see that. Like, it's a little it's a little slow. I don't know if the attention span would really... Force Awakens and, and Rogue One were, were my hits for me, and... Uh, and, and, and Rogue One especially, I really like these side, these side spin-off Star Wars stories. And I think it's because not only do they plant these little Easter eggs, but they really introduce us to new characters. We meet L3, Lando's second-in-command, the robot. You know, this sassy British woman robot who at one point hints at having uh, some kind of weird off-scene chemistry with Lando, how Lando has feelings for her, but she's not going to make it work. But she's thought about it, but she's not sure. She has a great little scene in the cockpit with Kiara, and it's just fantastic. Meanwhile, Benedict sits aside with Chewbacca, and they're, and they're playing that fantastic game on the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon is new. It's shiny. It's bright. It's fucking incredible. The whole scene where they have to masquerade Chewie and, and, and 
Han as fucking slaves to get into this mining planet on Kessel, you know. By the way, the Kessel Run does happen in this movie. They, but they pretend to be slaves on this planet just so they can get in and fucking infiltrate the base, take over. Meanwhile, L3 liberates all these slave robots and it turns into a fucking robot extravaganza with some random Wookiees get, that get set loose thanks to Chewbacca. And everything just goes fucking nuts. The Empire gets hot on their tail. You know, they're in the middle of this fucking wormhole. There's a giant fucking beast. What else? There's a fucking black hole. Lando's like, no one's ever made the fucking Kessel Run in less than 12.5 parsecs. Parsecs. And he does it. And we see how he does it. And why do we care? Because we just do, man. For anybody that's ever wondered about Han's dice or how he got the Millennium Falcon from Lando or how he made the Kessel Run in less than 12.5 parsecs, whatever. Uh, you're going to be extremely satisfied. Your, your your thirst will be quenched. For anybody wanting to see a movie about anything other than a young Han Solo running through space in the Millennium Falcon with a ragtag group of friends, uh, then you're going to be sorely disappointed because this was not that movie. This was just a fun movie, you know? And even the bait and switch at the end, and there's some surprises, and I won't reveal that, but fuck it, I will say this. We got to see Darth Maul in this. Darth fucking Maul. And Kiara turns out to be a would-be Sith apprentice. Like, that's where she's been the last three years. Is that really how she learns how to fight? Because she there's a couple scenes where she does some fucking moves. She says, oh, Dryden taught me that. She's a fucking badass. You know? She's got some secrets, but she loves Han. You know? And they don't they don't stick together. You know? The movie ends with Han and Chewie going to Tatooine. What's on Tatooine? Well, Benedict said there's some gangster on there trying to do a one last haul, one last score. Oh, shit. Who is that in reference to? Hmm? Eh? Jabba? Jabba? I mean, shit, dude. A lot of Easter eggs, a lot of little nudges to the universe, and I love that. But I really, I really was impressed with the actors in this. And this, the story was, you know, I want to say it was simple, but it was. I mean, simple sounds bad these time of days. Like, everybody wants to be surprised and, like, wants their minds blown. You know what I mean? You know, but I don't know if we really want that, you know? I mean, all it is is, like, nostalgia, you know? All we're ever living is nostalgia. Like, all these movies, they're all trying to appeal to really one demographic, and that's the guys like me in their 30s who remember the original movies, and want that same magic recreated. You know, as the credits are rolling on this thing, and by the way, the movie ends with fucking Chewie and Han flying through space in the Millennium Falcon. What else could you ha- what else could you ask for? With both their hands on the fucking throttle, you know, going full speed ahead, fucking warp, hyperspace. It's not really warp, it's Star Trek? Huh, hyperspace? Yeah, whatever. Just fucking flying, okay? But I heard some nerds, my people, by the way, so I can call them that, nerds, you know, guys a little bit older than me, if not closer to my age. You know, I am in my late 30s. More on that in a little bit. And they were, like, kind of ripping apart the other movies. Like, one guy walked up to him and he's like, hey, hey, what'd you think? Eh, it could have been done better. And I'm like, what do you want? What do you want? It gave us everything we wanted. At least everything I wanted. In fact, maybe because I didn't go into this with high expectations. You know? I was blown away. But it looked great. It felt great. Everything was... Everything was great. One guy was talking about how he hasn't liked any of the new Star Wars movies. Another guy was saying, I like the spinoff stories. And I kind of get where they're going. Like, I kind of, 
I had some qualms at Last Jedi. I did. You know what I mean? Um, I think I famously said that anyone that doesn't like Force Awakens is a fucking asshole. And I'll go so far as to say that about this one. Anybody that doesn't like Han Solo is a fucking asshole. Because you're basically saying you don't like fun. You know what I mean? Last Jedi wasn't really fun. There were some cool moments, but it's not really a fun movie. It's not like I, I didn't have this urge to go out and see it again. I would go see Han again. I would definitely go see this again. This is movie theater good. I didn't call out of work to see this. I didn't see this opening day. It's Memorial Day right now. This thing's going to go up Monday night. Most of you kids out there in the world on the edge of space have already seen this thing. But some of us that have other priorities, such as the baby boys, or just marriage, or just life, you know, I just kind of waited. Plus, my parents picked it up. A little late birthday gift, if you will. I'm 36 now. I'm in my late 30s. And I'm just getting older. It's kind of weird, right? Like 35, like mid-30s. But as soon as you pass 35, it's like, oh, late 30s. (laughs) You know? And that's fine. It's great. I love it. I love getting old. I love getting older and realizing that I just don't have that many expectations out of movies anymore. I don't go to a movie theater for a life-altering experience. I just go there to be entertained. However, that being said, there's also dog shit, a lot of dog shit being made, steaming piles of dog shit, that I don't have any desire to see. You know what I mean? Like, do I really want to see another fucking dinosaur movie? I'm sorry. I don't mean to be that guy because I, I was just hating on that guy just now, but do I really care about another Jurassic Park movie? Like, what? how are they going to wow me this time? You know what I mean? And maybe somebody could feel the same way about Star Wars, but I argue it's in space. You could literally go anywhere, anywhere. Somebody could say, well, it's the same movie, it's just different planets, it's just different characters, and that's fine. But even I had a jump out moment. Even even this movie made me jump out of my seat at one point going, oh, shit, when they revealed this fucking, this Cthulhu-looking motherfucker, <laughs> octopus, giant octopus in space, you know? Haven't seen that before. I'm sorry. And it looked amazing. And when that black hole was sucking its flesh off as it was getting devoured and getting pulled in and Han had to fucking inject some of the uh, ejaculate, huh? into the fucking fuel line in the Millennium Falcon to blast them out, you know? And there's some heart in this movie, man. I'm talking about all the action, but there's some heart. I mean, L3's connection with Lando, L3 gets got. And there's a moment with, with her, and she doesn't know what's happening. She's like, Lando, what's, what's happening to me? You know, and Lando's like, I'm going to fix you, I'm going to fix you. And it's, it's kind of heart-wrenching, you know? When they make a robot's death palpable and believable and just heart-wrenching and... and, and and convincing enough to like make your that your tear ducts well up a little bit. Didn't cry, but I welled up a little bit. I even welled up when Val died. I mean, I think I already said that, but damn. She's barely in the movie, and I believe that connection. It was there. Maybe Benedict and her weren't like lifelong lovers, but they'd been writing together for a long time and they'd bonded, you know, and they were more than just partners in crime. They they were lovers, you know, and they were they, they had that affection, they had that bond and and she did it. Like, he wasn't ready for that. And somebody could argue, well, we, we could have had at least a few pauses on that. The characters were rushed. And they said the same thing about Force Awakens. But guess what? Give me characters that are, that, are, that are enjoyable. Give me a relationship between the characters that is fun to watch. And we're going to care about those characters. Han and Chewie love each other from, like, the moment they get rescued off their prison planet. You know what I mean? Out of their prison setting, I should say. You know, from the moment they're rescued out of, they escape the brig or the pit on that mud planet. And from the moment, from the moment that they become emancipated 
you know? There's a lot of emancipation in this movie. That's another side note. A lot of slaves getting free. So if you don't like this movie, you're a racist and you support slavery. That's, that's, I mean, somebody had to say it. So it's movie theater good. I don't know what else to say about it, man. I know I'm all over the place. It's a first reaction. I got no notes. It's all off the temple. I fucking love this movie, okay? You, there's so many things to be upset about in this world today, uh, the least of uh, which should be Han Solo. So, uh, and I guess I'm a little jazzed up because those nerds were just hating all over it. Like, these grown men are just picking it apart. Like, well, and, and this character, who gives a shit? It's just fiction. And if you want to rip apart Infinity War behind my back too, guess what? It's fiction. It's a magic glove with magic stones and superheroes. You know what I mean? God damn, Infinity War was so good. Man. And I hated on Deadpool. That's true. I did. I hated on Deadpool too because I just felt like the whole thing was just one big jerk-off joke. One big, hey, I'm rubbing a cock all over the movie industry and fuck you to everybody. Isn't that awesome? There was really no heart. There was really no story. I know his girl dies. You know, we don't get to see Marina background that much. Uh, and she'll probably come back in some capacity and she'll be in the film. You know, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It was fun. It was fine. But it was fun and fine in terms of like, yeah, I saw, I saw old school back in the day with Will Ferrell and Luke Wilson. And that was also fine. It was funny. Had some, had some laughs, you know, but it's not, it's not going to stay with me. You know what I mean? I feel like this movie would stay with me. I already want to go right back in here and watch this thing again. Man, that young Lando. Donald Glover, MVP. Second MVP? Might have to be Woody Harrelson. I'm not going to lie. And again, shout out to Paul Bettany as that villain. Also, we get Willow. Fuck me. Willow is in this movie. I mean, he's got like two lines, but he's in there. And I know he was in some of the other ones, but we actually see his fucking face and he's got long hair, so he looks like fucking Willow. Ron Howard, another shout out, director of, you know. That's pretty badass, you know. Oh, and that was Linda Hunt as Lady Proxima. Proxima. Wow. You know, you just never know. God, what is his name? Warwick Davis. Weasel is a character that he played. He was part of the uh, the Marauders, led by uh, Enthus Nest. And they're the people that tried to infiltrate that train heist right before it went south. But more on them, too. They're, they're, they're part of a quote-unquote rebellion, you know? Damn. Yeah, that's my review of Han Solo. All over the map as usual. Just a guy excited about the movie. Look, if these movies can just continue their stride uh, in terms of the pace that they're being made, but also maintain that quality. Side note, I noticed that the, uh, the Miller brothers, Phil and Chris, were kept on as executive producers, or at least credited as such. So... That's kind of nice that Kathleen Kennedy and, and, and company didn't write them off completely. You know what I mean? So that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know what kind of movie it would have been if, if those guys had finished it, you know? I love those guys. They make a lot of fun movies. This movie was pretty fun, but it also was very Star Wars. I don't know if going any other direction would have changed that or not. Last Jedi to me seemed a little dark. I like some darkness. Don't get me wrong. I like the dark. But it wasn't that fun. Hmm. I might be... Pleasantly surprised though when I rewatch it again on Netflix next month. This episode is brought to you by Netflix, and uh, Netflix also offers several original series. Glow, which second season uh, drops next month. <sighs> I think Luke Cage comes out too. Luke Cage season two comes out next month. 
man, I don't know if I care. I said I wasn't going to watch any of those new ones either. I still haven't watched Jessica Jones. I just don't give a fuck. There's so much out there. You just got to, like, rein it in sometimes, you know? <sighs> but anyway, like I said, so many things to be upset about in this world, so please don't be upset about anything I said on this podcast. Don't take it seriously. My dad, I love my dad. I saw this movie with my parents, by the way, and my dad was so confused, but that's another thing for another millennium. Uh, my dad got so upset when we went to a barbecue restaurant. You know, I went down to Richmond to see some family. My sister lives down there with her husband. See my nephew, because my nephew, my nephew was just born uh, last month or so. And I uh, haven't got a chance to see him. So we all decided to go down there and see them. ZZQ, you know, was the, was the barbecue restaurant. It was like a Texas barbecue place. Great food. A little pricey, but great food. Anyway, you line up. You get, you pick your food out. You don't really have plates. You kind of just eat everything off a tray in these little cardboard, like, bin things, like little buckets. Uh, not really buckets. They're more like little trophy trays, I guess, you know? My dad was just so flabbergasted that nobody was waiting on us, that he had to, like, wait in line and do this thing and, like, pick out his food. And then the coleslaw wasn't white coleslaw. It was red coleslaw. And he was all thrown off his game. He was so mad, like, so blown. And I was like, man, I was like, Dad, you know, you traveled all over the world. You've lived all over the world. You, you took your family all over the world. Us, you know, we're four <laughs> brats and all that. You've eaten in Afghanistan, for Christ's sake. Surely you can eat some red coleslaw. And he looked at me like I had just proverbially shit all over the cornflakes in his life. So I, I don't know. He looked at me like, like I was crazy. Um, and I am crazy, like a fox. Uh, look, if anything we said on the show made you go, what the fuck is Nick talking about? Why doesn't he have a life? Why is he sitting in a mall parking lot right now talking about Han Solo when he should be driving to his, to his, to his in-laws to pick up his wife and baby son? You know, because I had to get this off my chest, okay? I can't drive while I'm doing this. I'm not going to be one of those guys, you know? Jesus. What am I going to whip the camera out to and start driving around like, Hey, kids, what did I think about Star Wars? Blammy! Oh, my God! I think I just found a kernel of popcorn kernel in the back of my throat. <laughs> so, look, we're almost at 28 minutes. There should be some stuff to trim this down with. Uh, look... Thanks for listening. Thanks for the downloads. I'll be, we'll be back next week with another fresh episode. Uh, in the meantime, remember, whatever we talk about on here, don't take it seriously. It's just fiction. Thanks for listening. Go see Han Solo. Yeah. There's a man coming down the street and he means business. Of his shadow, or is it my shadow? <laughs> I stay within my same. No, I stay within the same chords. I'll be like, that's way better than anything I can do.